Got a lot of news from around baseball, and we're talking top prospects on today's show. Welcome, everybody. It is Thursday, March 22nd. Adam Azer here with Al Melchior and Nando DeFino. It's Scott's day off, and we're getting closer and closer to the season. All right, Nando, we don't really know enough about you. I'm a Yankees fan. <laughs> Scott's parts a, unknown. Scott's yeah. a Braves fan. Al's a Marlins fan. You are. I'm a Yankees fan. All right. All right there I we go. I like oh. this guy. <laughs> Ganged up today. I do it. Good stuff. Actually, we're going to start with an email, which is unusual, but an email from Kevin and Devin. He's one of our most loyal listeners. And our email address is fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. Please put podcast in the subject line. So here's what Kevin says. I really wanted to hate the new guy, this Nando character. Who was he to come in and break up the lovable dork duo of Scott and Al? I read Fantasyland. All I remember is Denard Spann. I don't remember Nando. But damn if he isn't likable and provides interesting insight. Cool voice, too. So, I'll take it. Yeah. I'm really glad that this guy is like a, an old-time listener and you know yeah, him. Yeah. So you're not thinking that I'm just emailing the show from a fake Yahoo account? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, Kevin oh, hey, legit. guys, it's Barbara in Dallas. Uh. Kevin, Kevin is legit, <laughs> um, but if we get anything from Barbara in Dallas, we'll know. It's <laughs> That's, I shouldn't have let that out, yeah. Kevin's question, though, this is you know, a decent question here to, to begin the show with, a little off topic, but whatever. Uh, his league uses center field, right field, left field designations. How does this wrinkle change position scarcity? Does anyone's value change dramatically? Yeah, I think in center field, uh, that's where you're going to see the biggest impact. So That's know, the scarcest? That's the scarcest, meaning that your best center fielders are going to have a little bit more value. Uh, Ellsbury. In, in former. So absolutely, yep. All right, center field, that's, uh, that's the one to keep an eye on. So today on the show, again, prospects. Now, there aren't that many of these guys um, that are going to have a huge impact in 2012. But we'll tell you who to look out for in keeper leagues and uh, guys for this year. Like I know when we talk about Travis Darno, catcher for Toronto, that's going to impact J.P. Aaron Sibia. So we'll have information like that. Also, a lot of news from around the league. Follow us on Twitter at AlMelkCBS, A-L-M-E-L-C-C-B-S, at NandoCBS, N-A-N-D-O-C-B-S, and at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R, at CBSFantasyBB, Facebook.com, slash CBSSportsFantasyBaseball. Guys, give me one guy that we're going to talk about on today's show. One of these prospects that you like the most for 2012. I uh, I gotta go looking at this list. Joe Benson. There's something about Joe Benson. I, I just I, his power, you know, just suddenly came out of nowhere in 2010. You know, if you look at his old his old numbers, there's not much there to point to that. And I kind of like the idea of this guy just coming out of nowhere. And we saw him a little bit last year, just you know, popping a bunch of home runs. Twins out, out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Al, who's your guy? My guy is Nolan Arenado, and I feel like Nando went with the guy who's maybe a little lower uh, under the radar, so I think maybe a more interesting pick. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I drafted Arenado in a lot of leagues this spring, and uh, you know he's probably going to be up within the first two months. Okay. And the guy's got a great combination of contact skills and power skills in Colorado. That's really exciting. And he is Colorado's third base prospect, and uh, we talked about him on yesterday's show when we looked at position battles. All right, before we get into all those youngsters, news and notes, Daniel Bard, a report from CSNNE.com, says Daniel Bard is going back to the bullpen and Alfredo Aceves and Felix Dubrant will fill out the Boston rotation. 
Al, what do you think? All right. Well, first of all, I just want to soft pedal that a little bit because there is, has been no official announcement. This is just somebody internal to the Red Sox organization said to a reporter from, uh, as you said, CSNNE.com that that's what's going to happen, but not official yet. But assuming it does happen, um, well, it makes me regret drafting Barden, all those AL-only leagues uh, this spring. Um, but there was some buzz growing about Dubrant. So it's not a really big surprise to me that Dubrant is good, probably going to have that number five rotation spot. I'm more surprised that Aceves is not going to pitch out of the bullpen and will start. Uh, but I think both guys are going to be viable in AL only, but not really in most mixed leagues. Who do you like better, Aceves or Dubrant? That's a tough one because, uh, you know, Aceves is obviously a little bit more proven. Uh, neither one started a lot of games, but I like Dubrant better. I think you got. I'm looking at this from a situational standpoint. What Al was saying, Aceves is the perfect guy to go into long relief if they need him to yeah. to bump someone out. Dubron doesn't really seem like he has that flexibility. I mean, Aceves has proven he's perfect with that flexibility, yeah. and so I'd gamble on Dubron staying in the rotation for for that reason. And you know, I don't think this is great news if it's true. If Barr does go to the bullpen, I don't think it's great news for Andrew Bailey. I think uh, you got another guy in the bullpen that has electric stuff. I don't think it's. Bad right away, but if, if Bailey struggles, could you see a push for Bard to become the closer? Sure, and don't forget Mark Melanson also. Yeah. So and Jenks um, is still around too, right? Yep, mm-hmm. yeah. yep. So, yeah, they've got a great bullpen and lots of options to go to, sort of like the Texas situation, although I think not to the same degree because Bailey hasn't, aside from an injury history, hasn't really given us reason to worry about him struggling to that degree. But, um, yeah, a little more concern there for Bailey. All right, Chris Carpenter won't make his opening day start. How long will he be out, and is there any interest in Lance Lynn? I, I'm not even going to guess on how long he's going to be out. It's such a weird kind of vague injury that we've been hearing, you know, a little about here, a little about there. Um, I'd say just, you know, just in baseball fantasy terms, six weeks. I don't know. Maybe, you think it's going to be more. that bad? I, I, I yeah, That's I was, the thing. These things yeah. kind of exacerbate. And you, you read, you know, like Johan Santana last year. and Not the same injury, but the same kind of, you know, you look at our updates. Oh, Santana should be ready to pitch next week. Oh, you know, he hit a snag. He'll be ready in two weeks. Santana's not going to pitch this season. Yeah, no, I, I, I wasn't serious. Yeah, I wasn't thinking six weeks, although it could. You're right. I mean, it's one of these things where, it, you know, he was supposed to be right for opening day. It could slide into that. I, you know, I was thinking more along the lines of probably two, three weeks, but, um, you know, something to keep your eye on because it could be longer. All right, well, we'll have updates on that. Lance Lynn, uh, he's having a good spring. You want to you draft him? Take a shot? And I'll only late, late round because okay. they, the Cardinals really want Lynn to pitch out of the bullpen, probably as a setup guy for Jason Mott, um, where he's going to have very little value outside of holds leagues. So, um, but I like Lynn, and long term, I think he could be a very good starter. I second that. He was really good in the bullpen last year. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Soria's decision regarding his elbow should come soon. You can check fantasynews.cbssports.com for more on Soria. A.J. Burnett should return in early May. Let me ask you guys about Zach Britton. He has inflammation in his shoulder. Orioles starting pitcher. Do you have any hope for him this year, Al? He has some hope um, later in the year, but um, his stock has obviously really fallen a lot as a result of this. So I don't think I think he could be a value pickup, but it's a very very risky one. And when I say value pickup, that is AL only, AL only leagues. I don't think you should, and, and granted, not many people are touching him in mixed leagues. And uh, our last note here, uh, well, not really, but anyway, the O's, according to Danny Nobler, they are shopping Mark Reynolds and Kevin Gregg. And Nando, you're fired up about that in the <laughs> Orioles bullpen. You think this is good news? I've been a Lindstrom fan. Yes. I, uh, I've always liked Lindstrom as a closer, and you know, I had him on a couple teams, and I really liked. I thought I'd get the job done. And this year, looking at that, 
I thought he could take Jim Johnson. I wasn't sure about Greg because Greg always seems to pop up as a closer somewhere. So uh, if they're going to clear Greg out of the way, I'd put my money on Lidstrom ahead of Jim Johnson. AL only owners, if they're drafting today, are you worried about them drafting Mark Reynolds? I have no idea where he's where they're trying to shop. Sure, into. yeah, um, yeah. If I'm in an AL only league concerning Reynolds, I'm definitely uh, skittish about it, and I'm definitely going to wait until you know there's just some unpalatable option, uh, you know, down at the bottom that uh, I'm willing to take the risk that Reynolds stays with the Orioles or at least stays in the league. And it's going to be Chipper Jones's last season. That's sad, Al. Sad, but not really too surprising. Uh, he's been hinting at it. So, uh, but a great career, and it's not over yet. I mean, there's been all the discussion on Twitter, uh, you know, talking about his great career. Well, he's got one more year, and uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, which is a big, big if, uh, he still uh, still can contribute. And Nando took him in all of his keeper leagues, so I feel bad. <laughs> this is a very yeah. crushing day <laughs> for me. He could come back as a DH next year. Had a couple of random thoughts. Uh, because we didn't really touch on this yesterday in position battles. Who do you think, because I'm sitting there right now in this, in this deep league, doing this draft, it's a 20-team league, and every time it's time for me to draft, I ask the two of you and Scott for help. So I'm sure you're tired of hearing it. But <laughs> This isn't a real podcast. Who, who, yeah. This is just for your yeah, own personal. We just plug in the microphones. <laughs> this is all a show. I'm on the clock right now, actually. <laughs> who, who are the safest Yankees starters to draft right now? And who are the safest Reds starters to draft? Let's start with the Yankees. And now that I know Nando's a Yankees fan, Pineda, Nova, Hughes, Garcia, and then eventually Pettit for three spots after Kuroda and Sabathia. Not in that order. Who are the safest guys to draft? I mean, with this list, and this has kind of been things I've, I've been looking at all, all spring, is there's no one who I'd really term as safe for a bunch of different reasons. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to say Nova. You know, I know you, I know you don't chase wins, but you don't stumble into 16 wins either. But the way things shake out, you know, he might, he might be the odd man out. I like Pineda, but I don't know how Pineda's going to adjust to Yankee Stadium, how they're going to use him. They don't have the best track record with young pitchers. You know this as a Yankees fan that, you know, Phil Hughes, for example, the next guy on that list. Freddie Garcia, you know, who knows what he can do this year after, you know, decently asked. And Pettit took a whole year off. I so, have no idea who they're going to go with. Yeah, the safest of this list, I think, is, is Pineda. But I yeah. don't think by any means he's a safe pick for, you know, where he's going. To the, I wouldn't trust him where he's going in these drafts right now. All right, now, what's your take on the Reds? Yeah, I think I, you gave me the easy question. because okay. of, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think, you know, of the, the three that we have listed here, Mike Leake, Homer Bailey, uh, or all this Chapman, Leake is, I think, pretty safe. And I think Bailey's pretty safe, too. Um, the the Red, Reds, I think, are pretty disenchanted with Chapman and really the, the pace at which his development has been going. So uh, Chapman, to me, is easily the risky guy out of this group, and I think Leake and Bailey should both be fine um, to not only win out spots but to, to keep them all year. Here are some guys that we haven't spoken about either in a while or much at all. Uh, because when we do these position previews, starting pitcher, outfielder, that kind of stuff, there's only so many we can get to. So let me just get your thoughts real quick. Let's pretend we're doing player updates here and we're advising people on draft day. Nando, Juan Nicasio. What do you think about Juan Nicasio? That's scary neck injury, and we have to look at is how he came back. And so far this spring, uh, nine strikeouts in 12 innings, 2.25 ERA. He's pretty much locked up a spot in the rotation, I think. Um, he's he's not by any means, you know, a, a really, he's not a Michael Pineda, but he's I think he's a good back end kind of filler. He's safe to take if you want him very late in one of your AL only draft or and only drafts or. Uh, but you're not going to deep mix. You're not leagues. really going to oh deep mixed leagues. Okay, I, very yeah. deep. I think like a 15 team mixed league. Uh, I think he's a good play, but for, you know for right now it's kind of wait and see. There's, there's probably some mental issues there after you you know you hit <laughs> the head of the liner and break your neck. <laughs> Maybe Carlos Zambrano, Al. Yeah, um, I'd Marlins. rather. Yeah, I'd rather have Nicasio. Um, 
which is an incredible story. But yeah, Zambrano, uh, I'm, he's going to have to show me because uh, he was, you know, all the stuff that people focus on with the meltdowns and, and uh, the volatility. I mean, that's something that you think about, but really the performance just wasn't there last year. So Zambrano's been on something of a, of a downward uh, trend, and he's going to have to show some reversal over the first month or two for me to start to buy back into him uh, outside of NL-only leagues. He's going ahead of Volquez. Zambrano's going ahead of Jonathan Sanchez. Um, Mike Leake. Felipe Paulino, Eric Bedard, who I know Nando likes. The gonna... only one of those guys I would take after Zambrano is Paulino. So you, I would take Bedard. I would take Volquez. Oh, after, Sanchez. right? Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I would understand. take all those guys ahead of Zambrano. Jake Peavy, you like him, Al? Uh, I, I'm concerned this spring, and uh, you know, there's been whispers about him moving to a relief role, maybe. Um, so I did like him going into this year, but uh, I thought he'd be a, a good sleeper after some of the difficulties that he had last year, and he had would get healthy and and uh, could be something closer to the Jake Peavy of old. But at this point, I think he's very, very risky uh, in a standard mixed league. Nicasio or Peavy? Nicasio. Nicasio or Peavy? I kind of still have a little faith in Peavy. I liked his last start was good. You know, the five innings, no hits. It was it was encouraging at least. So uh, I mean, he's still like what a nine ERA this spring, but uh. <laughs> they're getting better. Yeah. Uh, and what do you think about Matt Harrison, Nando? Uh, you know, he's he kind of reminds me of Ivan Nova. You know, very solid pitcher. Um, will get you know gets the teams in a position to win, but not exciting in terms of strikeouts. I mean, he's he's decent. I'd, I'd pair him right with Ivan Nova if I if I was able to. Okay, and finally, Chad Billingsley. Nando, I'll give you the first one on him. Uh, I feel, man, remember it was Billingsley before uh, before all the hype? You know, he was the next big thing, and and then Kershaw just kind of took over all that LA hype. I think he's still got some skill. Uh, I'm skittish about taking him, but um, I, I don't know. I, I guess if you want to read off who he's going around in those ADPs, we could play that game. But I, I'm just kind of iffy on on Billingsley. Well, let's compare him to the guys on this list: Nicasio, Zambrano, PV Harrison. I think. I think I'd put Billingsley behind Zambrano, but that's how I play. I'm a gambler. Like I like the guys who are going to have a lot of upside, maybe hit their potential, and get me a lot of strikeouts. So you don't see that with Billingsley. Uh, you know, I, I don't see that. I'd have Zambrano first. I might put him with PV in, in second. Okay. Yeah, he's actually going 203rd overall, whereas Zambrano is 240th. Harrison 262, um, and PV 225. So and I don't know where Nicasio is, but I will say that it looks like let's uh, just guess two something. It looks right? like Billingsley is going before everyone. Yeah, and um, I it's funny I'm I'm higher on Harrison than I thought I was um, because I would put him first among this group, uh, and to me he's again a guy that you probably wouldn't draft in a standard mixed league, but I like him as a waiver wire option, as a streamer. I've actually got a, here comes Seamus plug column uh, coming up <laughs> where I talk about Harrison's splits. So there are, uh, what, depending on who the opponent is, he could be a very, very good uh, choice in a standard 12 team mixed league. Uh, but after him, probably I like Nick or I would like Nicasio and then Billingsley. Okay. So I'm not too big on Billingsley in the standard mixed league. All right, fellas, prospects time. Al compiled this list of prospects at each position, and you kind of took off the guys who, were, who have major league spots like a Yonder Alonso. Exactly, guys that we've been talking about a lot. That was really the logic behind leaving those guys off, not that they're not technically prospects, not that they won't make a big impact this year, but guys who either definitely have a spot or have been in the hunt for a spot all spring. Um, you know, I think a lot of people at this point know that those guys are going to, going to have an impact. So right, a Yonder Alonso or um, you know, even somebody like a Brad Peacock who is not going to start out the year will probably make an impact later in the year. So I, this, these are guys who are you know, going to be 
mid to late season call ups or keeper league uh, fodder. All right. And Nando, I know like you had mentioned Hector Noesi before the show. He's not on this list. He has a spot, right? I he mean, does. As yeah, of yeah, yesterday, yeah. actually, yeah, the Mariners right. announced the rotation. He's and number four in that rotation, isn't he? Yes. Bevin, then Noesi, then Millwood at number five. All right. No Iwakuma in the rotation. Is Felix Hernandez in there? Oh, yeah. He, he's going <laughs> to be their number one, number one star this year. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. We should have led the show with and let's, that. Okay. Well, let's, let's be inclusive. <laughs> Jason Vargas made it, too. So. Okay. All right. Let's start out with catcher. Read, uh, go ahead. I'll read the list, and then um, you can tell me who stands out, who's worth drafting uh, in if your league, if your draft was tomorrow, who's worth drafting? Who's worth keeping an eye on, et cetera? Catcher Travis Darno for Toronto, Yasmani Grandal, San Diego, William Rosario for Colorado. You pick some tough names to pronounce there. <laughs> Grandal is the only one I know for sure since I went to college right. with him. Darno, Grandal, and Rosario. Who do you like, Al? Uh, well, for this year, I like Rosario, but actually of the three long-term, I like him the least um, because I just think that he's a guy who, you know, he's not going to be that much of an upgrade over the, the guy he uh, eventually will replace, who's Chris Iannetta, um, a low batting average on-base guy with a lot of power. That's Rosario. Um, so I like Darno. He's got the great combination of power and on-base potential. So, um, But Darno probably at best this year is maybe a September call-up. But he'd be your keeper league guy. Keeper league guy would be Darno. Okay, first base, Jonathan Singleton of Houston, Matt Davidson of Arizona, also a third baseman, and Tyler Moore of Washington. Okay, I admit, put Tyler Moore in there just because of his name. <laughs> okay. Why is that? Uh, you know, because it reminds me of Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, Mary Moore. Tyler Moore. How did <laughs> I not see that? He's, he's going to make it after all. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, uh, Singleton, Davidson, and Moore. Uh, I like Singleton the best here, but he's also the one who's probably the farthest away. Um, but, uh, again, nice on-base power combination there. Davidson, his future actually is more likely at third base. And I included him here just because there really aren't that many really good high upside first base prospects. He could maybe uh, eventually wind up at first base. But, um, you know, good power guy who's probably going to strike out a whole lot. Nando, do you have any thoughts on this list? I actually like Tyler Moore a lot. If you look at his minor league numbers, he's got two straight seasons, 31 homers, yeah. and he's, he's 24. I mean, he's right at that age where they can bring him up. He's got opportunity, too, because Adam LaRoche just seems to be a hard time for him getting uh, healthy, and uh, I think Moore would be the next guy in line. Yeah, and if you actually look um, at, at the draft history, the Nationals took him three separate times. And three se- I mean, this is the guy they wanted, so obviously it's the guy they're going to bring up in the system, and he's playing well. You could imagine that lineup with Bryce Harper you know, a couple of years. <laughs> That's commitment. Three times they drafted three him? Three in 05, 06, and 08. Wow, interesting. Uh, to second base. And by the way, I, I hate mispronouncing names, um, so I apologize. I know I'm going to do that at some point in this show with the minor leaguers. Um, I, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, <laughs> For all you minor leaguers listening to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, well, I just I don't, I, I don't like mispronouncing names, but it's hard sometimes with some of these guys. Anthony Rendon at second base here. Anthony Rendon for Washington. Corey Spangenberg for San Diego. And Colton Wong for St. Louis, Al. Yeah, well, really like Anthony Rendon. And actually, just minutes before hopping in the studio here, I got a Twitter question. What do you think about Rendon's injury history? Because he does have a history of some shoulder problems uh, back to his uh, – playing time at, at Rice, and uh, it's, a, it's a slight concern, but uh, the guy has just such an incredible, well-rounded set of skills that he's a really exciting prospect, and he could be up sometime this year, and as we've talked about in previous podcasts, most likely as a middle infielder, probably second base. He has been getting some reps at shortstop, but just you know, with the flexibility, the athleticism, Rendon is really, really an exciting prospect. And we've said it could come at the expense of Ian Desmond. Yeah, most likely. 
rather than Espinoza, who could theoretically move to short. That right? is correct. Yeah, right, I've been listening. I've been listening. <laughs> <laughs> So, Rendon's, uh, Spangenberg, and Wong, anybody stand out for you, Nando? Uh, you know, just uh, I, I kind of like Wong. Um, he's a first-round pick last year. He's got some steals on average. Not, I usually like the power, but, um, you know, Wong's kind of just that, that nice second baseman, solid, uh, kind of like Zach Cozardi kind of number behind him. So, All right. Third base, Nolan Arenado. There's your boy, Al, for Colorado. <laughs> Nick Castellanos for Detroit. Mike Olt for Texas. Will Middlebrooks for Boston. Jed Gajorko. You got it. All right. For San Diego. And Joey Terdoslovich. You got that. Terdoslovich. I think it's a harsh yeah. one on the list. I knew that one. Um, for Atlanta. Again, Arenado for Colorado. Castellanos for Detroit. Olt for Texas. Middlebrooks for Boston. Gajorko for San Diego. Terdoslovich for Atlanta. And these are third basemen. Al, anybody relevant this year? And who do you like in keeper leagues? Yeah, this year we've already talked about Arenado. And Will Middlebrooks, too, could have his uh, moment. Uh, and again, he's probably just a Kevin Euclid injury away from making his major league debut. So um, probably not a big impact this year, but I think he will debut this year. Good power prospect. Keeper leagues, uh, Arenado, not only the best for this year, the best long term. Olt is a guy with great, great power skills. Tore up the Arizona Fall League. Um, also really like Trudoslovich, and with the news about Chipper Jones's uh, impending retirement, he could have an opportunity sooner than later at third base. And I actually left one name off of this list that I like a lot as a potential impact this year, Vinny Catracalla with the Mariners. Um, problem with him, great bat, just not terrific defense, but um, you know, if they want a, a, an infusion of, of some offense and they're willing to try him out at third base or maybe first base of the outfield, Catracalla is a guy to keep your eye on in AL-only leagues this year. Nando, anything to add? Well, I think looking at this list, you kind of look at it from the flip side, and like Al was kind of touching on, there are a lot of openings in the major league clubs for a lot of these. I mean, Atlanta's going to have an opening. Uh, Texas might not have an opening, but old I think could play his way into, you know, you know how they, they don't have a problem getting rid of the Chris Davises of the world in right. Texas. You know, oh, see you later, dude. We don't need Justin Smoke. See you later, dude. We don't need you. We got someone else. So uh, I, I like Olt's power a lot looking at his numbers in the minor leagues. I think out of this list, if we're taking Arenado out, you know, possibly he might even get drafted for real in some deeper leagues. Yeah. Olt's probably the guy I'd want in my keeper league. Yeah. Shortstop. Now here's where the difficult names to pronounce come into the equation. So Al, you can keep me honest here. <laughs> Jerickson Profar for Texas. One for one. All right. This is shortstops here. Manny Machado for Baltimore. Miguel Sano yep. for Minnesota. <laughs> Hawk Julie for Tampa Bay. Billy Hamilton, Cincinnati. Uh, let's see. Nick Franklin, is it? Yeah, you nailed that <laughs> one. Okay, for Seattle. Franklin. And, yeah, and this is the tough one. Uh, I, I botched it the other day, so... Yeah. It's A N D R E L T O N. Andrelton. Andrelton Simmons. I think. For Atlanta. Okay. Uh, Profar at Texas, Machado, Baltimore, Sano, uh, Minnesota, Lee, Tampa Bay, Hamilton, Cincinnati, Franklin, Seattle, Simmons, Atlanta. Same question 2012 and Keeper Leagues. All right, 2012, um, probably Simmons because already he's getting a look maybe to be the opening day starters at, starter at shortstop. And even if he has to go back to the minor leagues where he's only played up through the, the A level, um, he'll probably be up later this year. So uh, Simmons, best impact, biggest impact this year. But, boy, this uh, position's loaded with some really high upside guys for the future. Um, really like all of them, but I'd say Profar is probably the top guy long-term. But he's just 19. Uh, he's probably uh, at least a year, maybe two years off. How about the Rangers? Nice little system there. Yeah, they've done Olt well. and Profar. 
Nando, anything stand out to you? Um, besides Profar being born in 1993. Like <laughs> at that point, weird? It's weird. Like I was done collecting baseball cards in 93. <laughs> you know? it's like that's, that's just mind-blowing. Um, Billy Hamilton, though, 103 steals last year <laughs> in 135. Like if you went to a game, you're basically guaranteed Billy Hamilton's going to steal a base. Yeah. So I, that, that stands out. I'm not sure exactly how that will translate. You know, he's, he's also young. He's only 20. That was in Class A. But you can either maybe go the Joey Gathright route or, you know. Yeah. And, but, and he might get moved off the position, too, uh, to second base where he'd have a little less value. It also seems like he has center fielder type speed there, too. If you know, I don't know if that means anything. That's just random speculation on a guy who's played one year of minor league baseball. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's got steals. He's got speed. To the outfield, we've got Bryce Harper for Washington, Mike Trout for the Angels, Bubba Starling, and Will Myers, and Brett Jackson in oh, Kansas City. Oh, that's a typo. Brett Jackson's with the Cubs. Okay. Uh, Bubba Starling, Will Myers in Kansas City, and Brett Jackson for the Chicago Cubs. Gary Brown, San Diego, Anthony Ghost, Toronto, Joe Benson, Minnesota, Starling Marte for Pittsburgh, Harper, Washington, Trout, the Angels, Starling, and Myers, Kansas City, Brett Jackson and for the Cubs, Gary Brown for San Diego, Ghost in Toronto, Benson in Minnesota, Marte in Pittsburgh. Al? Well, here's, here's something that you know, might be a little, sound a little wacky because we've talked a lot about Harper. We've talked a lot about Trout. Um, guys who will make some impact this year. The biggest impact might be Brett Jackson because he's a very, very good bet to be in the Cubs outfield at some point this season, maybe mid-year, June, July. Interesting. You, you know, if Harper, Trout hits a snag, um, you know, Jackson could be the, the guy that really makes a difference this year. Um, very, very good power prospect who should thrive in Wrigley Field, but just don't necessarily count on him for a, a very good batting average. And he's had a ridiculously yeah. fast ascent. I mean, he's, yeah. he's like his, you look at his minus A, double A, triple A, just like yeah. that, right up. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they're promoting him aggressively, which is why I think he might be the biggest impact guy this year. So are you going to take a shot on him on draft day, or is this a guy we can wait for? NL only, absolutely. NL only. How about this? David DeJesus or Brett Jackson? couple of cubbies well de jesus just because um you know i'm gonna go go for him earlier because i don't have to speculate on de jesus getting playing time all right was there anything you wanted to add nando oh no i i just think you know i've always heard the hype about mike trout and obviously i know his numbers but i guess looking at them again today against a lot of these these minor leaguers um i don't want to say he's overrated but i think we're giving mike trout when you talk about him a little too much leeway in terms of how much power he has i think that's we're, we're grouping him in with harper and I think it's unfair. I mean, you know, Trout isn't really a power guy. Not, not a huge power guy. You know, maybe like a Darren Erstaddy power guy. But uh, he's, not, he's not a 40-home run guy, I don't think. Al, you might disagree. I don't disagree at all. I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, I think the thing about Trout that's really, uh, you know, alluring in, in the um, – longer-term leagues is because he can provide you some power with the steals and probably an average, you know, good average. Um, but, you know, Harper is clearly the much better power hitter. Right. I just yeah. think for whatever reason, Trout, I think people think he has more power than he's going to give them for some reason. Yeah. And I think people, uh, Scott and I, in fact, had a conversation about a week ago about, you know, how you, you, know, you look at Harper's numbers and you're surprised that he has delivered steals because people focus on the power. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I think I like Harper better. I think I do, too. They're about the same age. They're, you know, obviously Trout, I think, has a little more seasoning in the minors. Yeah, a little, little bit older, yeah. I think we've mentioned Joey Gathright and Darren Ernstad, Ernstad on today's podcast. <laughs> that is worth noting. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Starting pitchers, Julio Tehran for Atlanta, had Tommy John surgery, long-term prospect. Shelby Miller for St. Louis, Trevor Bauer, Arizona, Garrett Cole, Pittsburgh, Jamison Tyon for Pittsburgh, 
Danny Holson. Yeah, you didn't you didn't know if I'd get that one, Al, did you? Tie on. <laughs> Danny Holson in Seattle and James Paxson in Seattle and Tawan Walker in Seattle. And oh, Erasmo Ramirez in Seattle. Jeez. Jared Parker, Sonny Gray in Oakland, and Manny Benuelos and Deline Batansis in New York for the Yankees. Yeah, you got those Yankees. You got them all, actually. Um, nice. But, uh, yeah, and I like your Cajun with the Tyron. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, with Ter- Tehran, were you th- uh, thinking of Vizcaino with the uh, yes. with the Tommy John? I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry about that. So, um, all right, go so ahead. Don't, yeah, there just might be a few Tehran owners out there. Yes, uh, I, <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> their pants. <laughs> total, uh, total brain fart. Go ahead, Al. Sorry. Yeah, oh, so uh, who do I like here? Um, yeah. I tell you what, I really uh, – In 2012, you like – Yeah. Uh, I like Holson. I mean, it's tough because, again, you look, go down this list, and it seems like half of them are Mariners, and they've got some good guys at the major league level too. But I think Holson will find a way to uh, get into that rotation at some point this year. And in the AFL, I know it's not the greatest uh, test, but he just he looked really sharp, really polished there. Um, so I like him. Uh, Shelby Miller, too. I mean, the Cardinals, you know, if Carpenter's down long term, again, that they, they want Lynn in the bullpen uh, at some point this year. Miller could have an opportunity. Um, so that's another guy, I think, who has uh, a chance to make a really big impact this year. And uh, actually several of these guys, but I will at least n- narrow myself to one more. Trevor Bauer, who uh, up until a few days ago was in the hunt for the number five slot for Arizona, and uh, he's just uh, a starter's injury away or a slump away from making uh, an impact as well. Yeah, he's getting drafted, 259th overall. It's late, but it's ahead of Harrison, Porcello, Burnett, Mike Leake. Probably people want to take that back now that he's not in the rotation. But obviously they, people have high hopes for Trevor Bauer. Who do you like this year, Nando? Um, for this year, uh, you know, I, I was on the Jared Parker train for a little while just because that Oakland, uh, you know, we talked about him enough, though, I think, where uh, if, if you really want something, I, Shelby Miller, like Al was saying, I, I'm actually in a National League-only keeper league with a co-owner. And one of the rules is you can't keep a guy who's not in the major league camp. So we've been stressing out, you know, watching this Shelby Miller because the draft's this weekend, you know, and... If he's not in, if he's not in the major league camp, we can't keep him. And <laughs> so I mean, he's that kind of talent where you know two co-owners who you know, don't get along on everything are excited to keep Shelby Miller for, <laughs> for five dollars in a long-term keeper league. Yeah, sounds like a very very functional relationship there. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. Anything to add, Al, with uh, keepers, or did we cover it? I, I mean, I, let's see. Um, Sonny Gray, I like a lot. He could be up this year later on. Um, Erasmo Ramirez, there are two of them. Well, we should point that out. That's right. right. So that's this a, is the, the younger one. Yeah, this is not the one who pitched for the Rangers. Right. Uh, yeah, it's odd that there's two of them. There's also two Kyle Waldrops, which I, has nothing to do with anything. And but. the math doesn't work out. It's not a father-son thing. They're just two random Erasmo Eras- Ramirez's yeah. floating around in the minor leagues. Improbable but true. So, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody on this list, with the exception, actually, of, of Ramirez is – really a high-profile, you know, long-term guy. Ramirez I included just because I think he could be one of the guys to make a bigger impact this season. He's been sort of a, a dark horse candidate in the Mariners camp, and it's a crowded situation, so it's hard to say. But, um, you know, he's the kind of guy that the Mariners really like, a pitch-to-contact guy um, who, you know, just lets uh, his, his defense uh, do the work for him. Let's move on to the emails. Fantasy baseball at cbsinteractive.com. Please put podcast in the subject line. Starting out with Andy. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. I never miss one. Looking forward to the daily editions. Yes, so are we during the season, Monday through Friday. We are very much looking forward to it. 
My question is, this is from Andy, how to handle drafting closers in a 5x5 five five mixed roto league? It seems like the closer run begins in this league as early as the fourth or fifth round. How would you handle that? More often than not, I tend to get wrapped up in the run, but this is the 17th year of the league, and I want to do something different. I'm thinking of waiting on starting pitching until the eighth or ninth round. Would you draft a closer before a starting pitcher? All right. Uh, not I'll let you start here. No, never. I, I like to... Go with the flow of the draft to a degree. I, I don't like getting caught up in runs, but um, you know, Grant Balfour could be a really serviceable. I mean, and this is I'm not trying to make a statement here, but Grant Balfour could have 35 or 40 saves this year on that Oakland team. You could probably get him very late, man. I mean, this is this is, and then you know, look at the Baltimore situation. You want to take a gamble on Lindstrom. You can get those two closers towards the end of any draft, and they might end up being just as good as a uh, you know Mariano Rivera, Jonathan Papelbon combination. Now. Yeah, and I agree with that strategy uh, 100%. So I would not get caught up in an early closer run like that. Uh, I would definitely, I mean, the thing is, if that ratchets everybody up and the mid range guys are going in the, you know, eighth or ninth round when, you know, in another league, that might be where Heath Bell or John Axford goes. Yeah, then I'm probably taking a closer a little bit earlier than I want, but I'm going to be very, as patient as I can be to wait till, if not the Grant Balfour types, you know, definitely the, the Jason Motts of the world. Um, so I'm not going to. But, but get you want up at least that. one guy that you know you can depend on, right? I mean, maybe even two. How many do you? Okay, Balfour, Lindstrom. These are not. Balfour's got the job, but these are not sure things, right. In the world of fantasy baseball, if you're going to take three closers, Nando, how many? How many guys do you want to feel really, really confident in in terms of job security and performance? Uh, you know, the thing with the closers, though, is that if someone loses his job or someone gets hurt, if you're, if you're smart and you're paying attention, you just run up and grab the, you know, the backup. Like, uh, I don't know, like oh, when Ardsma got hurt and I think Brandon League took over. Mm-hmm. I'm just pulling these, you know, but that, that's, my, that's my whole thing. In a 5x5 five five mixed roto league, um, we don't have to go head-to-head with anyone. And at the end of the year, you can trade for closers to make up a lot of that. Uh, you know, there's more strategy involved. And that's why I don't mind waiting on some closers who I can take a gamble on. You know, I'm not going to take a Heath Bell ahead of a Ricky Romero, for instance. I'd rather have Ricky Romero, his strikeouts, his yeah. low whip and low ERA over a longer stretch of innings instead of the small little pocket that these relievers give you. Um, they help you in four, whereas a reliever, I mean, some of the top ones will help you a little bit with strikeouts, you know, obviously with saves. Um, but the ERA and whip, I'd rather reserve for a higher pick for the starting pitcher sure. who's going to get you that over 200 innings instead of, you know, 78. So. That's just my strategy. That's a good one. Uh, from Mark, I really want Kemp in a 10-team mixed category league. I'm stacked on pitching with Kershaw, Price, Bumgarner, and Matt Moore. Um, I can keep going on with my great draft picks, but I don't want to overpay for Kemp, but I need another big bat. I'm willing to trade Stanton. Is Stanton and David Price too much for Kemp? Is that overpaying? Yeah, I think so. I think... Um yeah, I mean, Price, I could see trading up, you know, Stanton plus another player for Kemp. But, you know, Price is, you know, arguably a top 10, top 12 starter. So I think that that is an overpay. What about Stanton and Hellickson? That I would do. Not a? Yeah, that seems a little more in line with it. I mean, if he really wants Kemp and he's got enough pitching, uh, you know, Hellickson's not a huge downgrade from Price, but he's a downgrade enough that you, yeah. could, you could justify that. Next email from Mike. I have Chase Utley as my middle infielder in a 13-team Roto 5x5 league. I have Alexi Casilla on my bench. Should I use him or pick up Omar Infante, who is available? Al? Yeah, I prefer Infante a little bit over Casilla, so uh, I think that's a good move. Nino? Um, I mean, I'm sure there are better options out there. If you're just looking at these two, though, uh, I got I to go with Al on that one. I kind of like Infante, you know, just just based on the skill that he's shown in the past. And 
Question from JC, Fantasy Kings. I'm in a 12-team, 5x5 Roto League. I have the choice of keeping Corey Hart at 13 or Coco Crisp at 9. I don't have to keep either, but which one would be better value? Hart at 13 or Crisp at 9, Nando? Uh, you know, I kind of want to go Crisp at 9 just because he's cheaper, and I think you put these two guys in a scale, and with all the steals, average home runs, everything, they just kind of just kind of even out once it's all said and done. So I'll, if you I'll put them on an actual scale, if you put them on an actual Corey scale, Hart would Corey Hart will win by a lot. <laughs> Coco Crisp will go flying off like a seesaw. But yes, that's but, a uh, big scale too. Yeah, huge. I, this is one of those weird instances where I'm just going to go with a lower number. I think. Okay. Al? Yeah, I actually thinking very much the same way because I think they're very similar values. So go with the guy who's actually just going to be cheaper. And Ryan in Boston. Hello, three vets and a little newbie. Oh, oh. <laughs> 12 team head to head keeper league that allows up to 10 keepers. I'm only keeping seven. I have four of the first six picks in the draft, including the first two picks overall. I'm not keeping any of the three outfielder spots, a second baseman, and I could use more depth with pitching. So he's got four of the first six picks. He needs outfielders, a second baseman, and pitching depth. Uh, please select four from the following. Cespedes, Michael Bourne, Corey Hart, Lance Berkman, Jamile Weeks, Kelly Johnson, Anibal Sanchez, Jordan Zimmerman, Trevor Cahill. Cespedes, Bourne, Hart, Berkman, Weeks, Jamile Weeks, Kelly Johnson, Anibal Sanchez, Jordan Zimmerman, Trevor Cahill. I feel like I'm taking a standardized test yeah. here. <laughs> this is really, we need number two pencils for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's a hard, and it's a hard one. Um, so, all right, three outfield spots. So I think, uh, well, I've got Bourne and Berkman already checked off as the first two outfielders. In a keeper league, you want Berkman? Uh, you know what? Yeah, Over because I, yeah, because Cespedes is, is, is a really speculative pick. He might be great. He might be, uh, you know, the next Bo Jackson, but, uh, you know, he also might be, a, you know, he might bomb. So, so I'll, I'll play for this year and take Berkman, who I'm very high on, and, and Bourne for sure. Uh, and then I think it's really down to Hart, Weeks, and Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, three to, to narrow down to two. And I think I'm going Hart and Weeks here because I just think you're going to be able to, to replace that pitching uh, somehow uh, later on in the draft. So, yeah, Bourne, Hart, Berkman, Weeks. There you go. All right. And I'm, Nando, you get the final word today. I've got Bourne, Berkman, Weeks, and I threw Zimmerman in there because he said he wanted to go a little more depth with his pitching. So, uh yeah, I don't think you can go wrong either way. It's just such a random, such a random league, man. Holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> don't hate. I'm not hating. I, I, I love it. Lincecum, Latos, Gio Gonzalez, and potentially Jordan Zimmerman. Well, not, that's the not other a thing. Bad rotation. Yeah, the other thing too. He says he wants to build more depth, but there's really nothing wrong with that front three. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Even though you're from Boston, we read the email, <laughs> so uh, you're welcome. We are back next week. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.